Hey, doll. Hey, doll. I'm your host, Cynthia. And I'm your host, Paula. And we are Dolls in Doom. I find haunted hospitals to be one of the creepiest places you can find. And sure. <laughs> yeah. And just the hospital is creepy. Yeah, just by itself. And at haunted. And it's a real spook fest. Seriously. So in Jefferson County, there's a hospital with a very disturbing and haunting history. Mm. Okay, so back in 1883, a man named Major Thomas H. Hayes bought the land to build a home for his family. Their home was four miles from the nearest school. And I guess back then it was too far to travel. So one day he was sitting on his porch and he noticed across the street that there was this little one-room building. It was completely empty, so he talked to the neighbors that owned the building and other families. And they all agreed it would make a perfect school. So, of course, every school needs a teacher, and he hired a woman named Lizzie Lee Harris. Miss Harris loved the Walter Scott Waverly novels, and one day while reading one, she decided to name the school Waverly. Major Hayes also liked the name, and he found it fitting among the Waving Hills, so he named the whole property Waverly Hills. I like that. That's pretty. Yeah, it is. In early 1900s, Jefferson County suffered an outbreak of tuberculosis, also called the White Plague. Back then, TB was an epidemic, an airborne disease just like COVID. Mm. There were many cases in Louisville, and thanks to the wetlands, which is basically a breeding ground for bacteria. Because of the high volume of patients and the quick spread of the disease, they needed a bigger hospital and one that was not in town. By this time, Waverly was its own community. It had its own post office, grew its own produce, slaughtered its own meat, and had other everyday essentials. Waverly was the perfect choice for a hospital. The Board of Tuberculosis bought Waverly Hills, keeping the name and opened Waverly Hills Sanatorium July 26, 1910. Originally, it was a simple two-story hospital, specifically to hold 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients. The building had a main section with administration and two open-air pavilions that each held 20 patients. Now, this disease was very serious. Anyone diagnosed with it was quarantined, just like we are today. But they had beautiful scenery to look around and relax in and recover. Oh, that's nice. In early 1911, Louisville began building a new city hospital to care for advanced cases of TB. By 1912, all those patients were relocated temporarily to Waverly in tents on the grounds pending completion of the hospital. In 1914, a children's pavilion was added with another 50 beds. That brought the capacity up to 130 patients. The children's pavilion was not only for sick kids with the disease, but also for kids with sick parents and no one to look after them. The goal was to keep growing every year so there would be more beds than originally planned. Construction began in 1924 and opened October 17, 1926. Now, it's important to keep in mind that medicine in the 1920s was not what it is today. Antibiotics didn't even exist back then, so other forms of treatment were used, if you can even call it that. They used heat lamps, fresh air, and lots of rest. They were spoken to in a positive manner to help reassure them that they would live. Other than that, there wasn't much that could be done. I kind of like that, though. Like, (laughs) I'm a hippie, so, you know, think happy thoughts. Think positively. Breathe in the fresh air. Look at this beautiful tree. Yes. You are well. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Think healthy thoughts and you will be healthy. I'm sure everyone was cured of TB. Oh, completely. Yeah, it totally worked. 
Sometimes the doctors would perform surgery to remove affected tissue or give medicines that were actually toxic. Balloons were inserted in the lungs and filled with air to expand. Very few patients survived these treatments. Patients suffered agonizing treatments that would be considered inhumane today, such as electroshock therapy, collapsing lungs, and heavy sandbags placed on their chest. What were the sandbags for? Um, I'm not really sure. I would think that you would want to not compress the lungs so that they could get air. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to squeeze out liquid if there was liquid forming. You know, maybe it's like the, you know how they used to put leeches on people to like suck out the toxins? Yes. Maybe they were trying to like push out the, push out the toxins. The virus or something. Yeah. Very possible. Okay. There was an underground tunnel, 500 feet long, that led from the main entrance to the bottom of a steep hill. This was used to transport supplies, but it was also a way to transport dead bodies without upsetting the patients. The staff didn't want the patients that were still alive to lose faith in their treatment. There is no exact number of deaths, but the estimate is around 6,000. Yeah, that's a lot. In 1943, a new drug called strepomycin was introduced and the TB count lowered considerably. As a result, there really wasn't a need for such a large hospital, especially one dedicated to TB patients. The remaining patients were sent to Hazelwood and Waverly closed in 1961. The building reopened in 1962 as Woodhaven Geriatric Center, a nursing home for patients with varying degrees of dementia and mobility. However, in 1982, it closed due to patient neglect and being understaffed. Waverly was actually bought a couple more times with plans to build a prison and then a religious site where they would build the world's largest Jesus. But yeah, I know. Like a statue? Yeah. Okay. It's a very specific goal. Sure. There are worse things you could build a statue of. That's very true. Yeah. But both plans fell through. It wasn't until 2001 when Charlie and Tina Mattingly bought the now decrepit Waverly. Charlie's own father was treated there for TB back in 1937. They restored it inside and hosted a touring music festival called Sounds of the Underground. But local residents complained and it's not likely to happen again. Waverly has become a favorite tourist site for paranormal activity. Mm. It's actually been called one of the most haunted places in America. Many have reported seeing shadowy figures, hearing screams, doors slamming shut, and moans of the sick and dying. A nurse supposedly tried to kill herself by slitting her wrist. She was found running out into the hall screaming and bleeding. And of course the hallway is cold and just has a feeling of doom. There's a little boy ghost named Timmy. He died of TB when he was only seven or eight years old. Visitors say they will bring him a ball to entice him to play. And some have actually seen the ball move on its own. Let's not forget that tunnel, the one that transported all those dead bodies, or as it's been called, the body chute and also the death tunnel. People have said they can hear footsteps and voices in that tunnel. Then there's room 502. It definitely is a hot spot for activity. A nurse named Mary Hillenberg was impregnated by a doctor. He was married and wanted nothing to do with her or the baby. Devastated by this, Mary hung herself from an exposed pipe. But there's also another version of the story. The doctor wanted to perform an abortion and it went horribly wrong. There were four men involved, the doctor, an orderly, and two members of the board of trustees. Once Mary bled out on the operating table, they hung her to make it look like suicide. Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. Yeah, I know. That's scary. 
So Mary was soaked in blood from the waist down, and the nurses knew exactly what they were looking at, which is probably where the rumors of a botched abortion began. Now the guys of Ghost Hunters went to Weaverly, and Zach got a solid EVP in the OR telling them to get back. Ooh. Yeah, and there's Ooh. actually a ton of similar experiences on YouTube of other people visiting Waverly. Mm. A guy and some friends went to one of the overnight visits. When they first got there, they were given a tour of all of the hot spots where there's the most activity, such as the death tunnel in room 502 and the OR. And after the tour, they were on their own. So they set up their stuff and began to wander around and went back to room 502. In this room, people have left baby dolls for Mary and now sitting among the dolls was a rubber ball that wasn't there before. Ooh. Right? Ooh, I just got, I literally just got chills. Oh my God. Ooh. <laughs> so perhaps Timmy was trying to say hi. Also in room 502, people claim to hear voices and see shapes moving in the windows. In 1932, it is said that a nurse jumped from the patio roof to her death. Some say she was pushed. It's actually said that many people jumped from the roof, possibly from the knowledge or fear of dying from TB. The fourth floor is where the OR is, and many people say they've seen a man in a white lab coat walking toward the kitchen, which is a wreck. Broken windows, leaking roof, broken tables, and still people say that they can smell food or freshly baked bread. People have reported seeing a little girl running around the third floor in the solarium, hearing doors slam, and even had objects thrown at them or felt a push. Some reported seeing figures in windows and seeing a hearse in the back of the building dropping coffins off, and lights on when there is absolutely no power, not to mention footsteps and eerie noises in empty rooms. The matting leaves still own Waverly and want to turn it into a hotel. In an effort to accomplish that, they are hosting haunted tours, overnights, and even a Christmas laser light show. The Halloween ghost hunt is six hours, so it's from 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. If you're looking for something different next October 31st, you may want to consider checking out Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Wow. Okay, so talking about like the little kid ghosts. Yeah. I don't know why. First of all, I don't believe in ghosts. Okay. But... If I did believe in ghosts, kid ghosts, like children's ghosts, would be the creepiest of all of them. I don't know why, because children are so like sweet and innocent, but there's just something about a little kid ghost that's so creepy. I completely agree. Yeah. I, re I remember watching Unsolved Mysteries years ago when I was still in high school, and the episode was about ghosts. I believe it was on Halloween, and it was about the Queen Mary. Oh, yes. The haunted ship. Yeah. And they actually did, like, you know, finger quote reenactment yes. of the swimming pool. And you could hear, like, far off in the distance, like a little girl giggling. And then you would see wet footprints walking <gasps> away from you. Oh, my gosh. I just got chills again. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So I think because of that episode, that's why I've always been afraid of, like, little kid ghosts. Yes. Well, little kids by themselves are creepy. Okay. So when my oldest son, who's now 16, was like, six or seven I guess he went through this phase of like waking up in the middle of the night and he would come into my room and instead of just saying hey mom I don't know why I guess because I was asleep he would like whisper to wake me up so I would wake up to this little kid like standing over me in bed oh geez whispering <laughs> <laughs> and every time it scared me so much my own kid it scared me so much 
and he went through a little phase, not very long, but where he was almost waking up every night. And it would keep me from going to sleep at night. Like, I would lose sleep knowing that he was going to come in and freak me out oh, in the middle of the night. It is so creepy. Oh. So, yeah, little kid ghosts. I remember being a little kid and scaring the crap out of my mother because I guess whatever reason I had a nightmare or I was just scared, I went to my parents' room and I didn't want to wake them up. So I fell asleep under my mom's side of the bed, which is this big king-size bed. So she gets up in the morning, goes in to wake me up, and I'm not there and she can't <gasps> oh, find me. No. Because I'm asleep under her bed, so she likes her yelling my name, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm in here!" Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that would be terrifying. Yeah. to wake up and your little kid's not where she should be. Yeah, little little kids aren't aware that what the, the simplest things can be really scary to adults. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that also is probably the reason why little kid ghosts are scarier, because they don't realize what they're doing is right. scary. They just right. want to play. They just want to say hi. Exactly. You just want to play. Yeah. Just play ball with me. Right. Hmm. All right. Good stories. Thanks. We should go visit Waverly sometime. Well, <laughs> maybe a daytime tour. Definitely not the overnight. Yeah, no. No overnight. Mm-mm. No way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what is going on right now, right? Of course you do. It's December. Yeah. It's Christmas time. It is Christmas time. I love Christmas. I know you do. Ooh, I'm so excited. Just the lights and, you know, can't really go out and do much this year, but just, you know, Santa Claus is coming. I know. So do you have a favorite Christmas memory or Christmas present that sticks out in your mind? Well, when I was a kid, I just remember Christmas being like super special. I've lived in Florida my whole life, but I have family in Kentucky. And so like every other year we'd go up there for Christmas and it would generally snow. And as a Floridian, that's the most magical thing in the world. Snow. Of course. A white Christmas. And my aunt, who we would stay with, would always go like so overboard. Um, and she would, you know, dress up in a red suit on Christmas Eve and oh make a little goodness. too much noise. And Stop it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we'd wake up and be convinced we saw something. Nice. And... You know, so I've carried that. Now I have three kids, and so I go all out for Christmas. I go all out. I mean, we do every Christmas tradition you can think of. And that, to me, is the most fun thing, is just, like, seeing a little preschooler, like, put out carrots and oatmeal for mm-hmm. reindeer and cookies for Santa and then the next morning Santa come, came and like he was really here yes and it's just so you know we found reindeer's uh, Rudolph's collar once Rudolph's collar slipped off his neck Aww. in our yard once we've found all kinds of clues that Santa had been here the night before so I love that part the magic yeah and experiencing it through your kids has got to be reliving it yourself oh, all so over fun. again so fun i hope my kids grow up and say you know what my mom always made christmas magic I mm-hmm. they're boys so they may not care <laughs> the same way girls do you know right <laughs> but i hope they do i hope they look back and say you know what mom really made things really magical yeah how about you any favorite christmas toys or traditions nothing really special or different stands out i do have a memory of when i ruined a couple would have been great surprises for Ooh, Christmas presents. You were a, a little sneaky kid. I snooped in my mom's <gasps> closet and ruined a few Ooh, things. What happened? Okay, so one year I was in grade school and I found 
something that I had wanted for a while. It was the Barbie camper. Of course. I oh. remember the Barbie camper. Who didn't want that? Right? I was so excited. And a second after I found it, I was like, oh, man, I ruined the surprise. Oh, no. But that didn't stop me because when I was 13, I did it again. <gasps> I went through my mom's closet and I found this pair of pierced earrings. And I was like, well, that's weird. I'm not allowed to have pierced <gasps> earrings. I'm getting my ears pierced. And then, of course, a second later, damn it, I ruined the surprise. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had to, like, stuff it back in there and Christmas morning pretend like I was super surprised. Oh, I mean, the gosh. excitement was real. It just, yes. I just was mad at myself for ruining the for surprise. Ruining so it. that was the last time I did that. Okay. I think I do, I do remember, like, unwrapping a present once just to peek and see what it was. And I couldn't even tell you what it was. Right. I just remember... You know, I was like, let me see what this snooping thing's all about. Mm-hmm. It was anticlimactic, obviously, because I, I only remember the snooping. I don't remember the gift. So yeah. I'm not a snooper. I like surprises. Yeah, I think I do, too. Yeah. And I think if my mom had actually wrapped the presents, I don't think I would have gone to the trouble of trying to open it. But she didn't wrap anything. It was just there. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, don't snoop this year. Who knows? Okay. Maybe, maybe you'll get like a full-size camper. <laughs> a real camper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? That'd be fun. That's what I want. Cross-country trips. Oh my gosh, right? That'd yes. be so great. Yes. For sure. Especially with kids. Like, you don't have to stop for a potty break. Mm-hmm. Just take it with you. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And we hope you're getting into the holiday spirit. Yay. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. It's where we post our corresponding photos each week. And make a comment. Rate us and give us reviews. Only if they're good, please. And yeah, no haters. Do everything you can. Share. All right. I'm Cynthia. I'm Paula. And we are Dolls and Doom. Bye. Bye.